Yeah, yeah, Sedano and LZ, Clint Yates in for LZ today. Mama Momo's here as she is every Wednesday hanging out with us, giving us an extra 15 minutes here on the back end. DeMarco Farr going to join us in less than 20 minutes. We'll talk some football with him about the Rams drama between Sean McVay and Jared Goff and, of course, championship weekend. Um, But – Momo, during the break, we were talking about the inauguration today and the fashion choices today. I thought the ladies looked fantastic tonight. Oh, my God. Or today. I mean, it was it was. Let me tell you something. It is hard to make cold weather clothes look fashionable. I bet. Right. Like when you're like a woman, like you can pull that off a lot easier. for Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You just put on a nice blazer. you, You wear a nice suit and you got a great coat and you're good to go. Like women. It's like you got a really I mean, Michelle Obama. With that, with that crimson outfit and the belt, oh, the belt the, was the, off the, the chain. The belt set it was off. Amazing, oh, set it off. That, I mean, just that accessory alone was just like, oh my gosh. And then, like, I thought Dr. Biden looked good. Joe Biden, yeah. she was great. I love that. Oh my gosh, the poet from L.A., the twenty-two-year-old with the yeah. yellow Amanda Gorman, with the yeah. yellow coat. Yeah, wow, she was amazing. Was like, she should run for office. Uh, she's only 23, she, but she should know, eventually run for office. You know she's on the record in a 2017 New York Times story saying, I'm going to run for president in 2036. I just want you to know that. Oh, no way, because I actually was going to tweet that, but yeah. I didn't know what year I should pick, and I was going to go with 2036 because she wow. was amazing. Yeah. Shouts yes. to the oh, L.A. County – so that the LA Public Library system, who immediately yeah. tweeted uh, how it started, how it's going, because she was awarded the Young Poet Laureate. That was Laureate so award. good. I was I like, was yes, LAPL yeah. all over yeah. this. Instantly, and apparently, yeah. Yeah. Brionis just told me the jewelry she wore was um, was uh, gifted to her by Oprah. Oprah, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So wow. it was it was pretty cool. Uh, Clinton and I were laughing about J Lo and A Rod's uh, pictures after the fact, like the posing in yeah. front of the Capitol, like sitting on Did the steps, right in between the legs. Like it was like yeah. she was sitting in between Alex's legs. It was just funny. I was just like, why is Alex Rodriguez next to Barack Obama? Like, well, I was like, what is happening? Well, Barack Obama <laughs> loves him some sports. Let you know this, Momo. I mean, in, yeah. we were in Toronto together when he was- when he pulled up on you. He was like, I like your work. <laughs> you do a great job. I mean, I was, I'll never, I'm never going to, that, that's it. That's on the bio. That's, yeah. you know, anyway, like, I, mean, I, I should have just retired right then. Yeah. But like the, um, he, but like, I mean, Obama likes hoops. Like he's not, a, yeah. I mean, he might like a little baseball, but he's, he's all right. You know, I feel like that's one of those deals where you got to yeah. kind of talk to like your significant others, friends, significant other kind of deal. It's right? like, all right. Here with A-Rod. What's up, dude? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. about that weather? I know, you see the Dodgers? Like yeah, I know. Game, you know. I'm not right. going to talk to A-Rod, right? Like, if I'm in a room with those two, I'm, talking, <laughs> I'm trying to talk to J-Lo, yeah, right? I totally agree. I totally <laughs> agree. nothing to do yeah. with, like, yeah, you know, I can hear it. A-Rod anytime. He's, he's, yeah. he's on the broadcast. He's whatever. When do you get to talk to J-Lo? Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, but that's, I don't know. I, I thought of the inauguration this morning, it's so fun to look to see. So fun to look at who talks to who afterwards. Like, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. when all the pomp and circumstance is over, like all the celebration or whatever, then, you know, there's the, the everybody gets to chat, right? All the yeah. chattering. The and it's out. like, like, yeah, the let out. There you go. And it's <laughs> like every time, like, like George W. Bush, like, made a beeline for Michelle. I every was like, time. oh, okay. Yeah. Every <laughs> time. Every time. Um, Momo, let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, so, we spent a lot of time, obviously, talking about the Lakers, and the Clippers are playing yeah. well. And, and and 
Look, Ty is yeah, a different coach than Doc. You and I talked about yeah. this last week when you were on. He's a more business-like dude, okay? Like, it's, yep. it's going to have a different tone uh, to it. Um, but I, I feel like when, you, when I watch this team, there is this underlying thing where, you know, there's a lot riding on this season, particularly because yeah. Kawhi is still unsigned. Like, how, do, how are we supposed to feel about them this season knowing that that's kind of hanging above them? So what's interesting is like, I don't see Kawhi going anywhere. Do you? You know, I know that that's a, I, I know that's a thing, but he came home for a reason. And, you know, unless he doesn't enjoy seeing his family all the time, you know, I think he does. I see, well, back when we used to go to games, I would see him with family right. all the time. You know, um, he has a very large extended family here in LA. So I think he likes being here. I think he likes being in San Diego, um, you know, where his that's where he went to school and where he has this big house. But, I mean, it's just, like, does he seem like the kind of guy that's going to come home and then bounce after a couple of years? If it doesn't go I, well, don't, like, do I don't think so either, but it is – uh, it, it is. I, I guess it's just smart business, right, to not sign an extension yeah. yet and just kind of wait and see. But uh, it is interesting, though. Like you know, you make all this um, noise about coming home, and then you know, yeah, it's you're going into a free agent year. You know, yeah. But one dicey yeah. off season in terms of everything coming out about how you do your operation later, a lawsuit here and there involving right. your family members, yeah. uh, perhaps another loss in the playoffs. Like it's not out of the question. Yeah. that you know, one could be turned it's not off. Out of the from the, from the experience, you know what I'm saying? Even if you are home, mm-hmm. because at that point, you know, you've already made the money and it's like, well, you know what? Actually, this franchise might not be what I want. That would be my number one concern is re-signing Kawhi because otherwise this was all not exactly a sham, but on some level, yeah. if you don't come out of it with a ring and you don't come out of it with a Kawhi extension, what'd you do any of it for, you know? You, you know what? You, you did that to be a contender, okay? Yeah. Like, even if you know when have the Clippers been a contender? I would say. I mean, they were like a year or two contender. in Lob City. Yeah, yeah, they were. Like, they were like a folk. They, they were. They were pretenders. They were pretenders, and now they are contenders. That's for sure. Yeah, and it was like they were. They had a really nice team with Chris Paul and Blake, but they were never healthy at the right time. And that was also like when the Heat was really good and the Spurs were really good. So they just never really, you know, hit it at the right time with everyone healthy to where they could. I never thought of them as contenders. Did you at, the, at that time? No, like, not, not serious. Like, you want to no. give yourself a crack at it. You want to be it. And I, I'm all, I like when teams go for it. Like I like Daryl Morey and Houston going for it every year. I like, I, I think this Brooklyn thing could be a giant mess, but could also work. <laughs> and I like that they're going for it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm with and you. We'll, yeah, I'm you with know, you. we'll see. Right. So like to me, the whole thing, it was like, you thought you were going to win. Yeah. And that didn't happen. And that was embarrassing and bad. And you also need to prove to your fan base that you're for real because you're building this giant stadium down in Inglewood and people right. better show up, right? Like, the, you know, right now the Clippers are at Staples Center and people are used to going there, but are they going to drive and they're going to, you know, deal with the parking and can they can they do that on their own? Because when they did that before at the, at the sports arena, it wasn't as good, you know? Right. It wasn't – they didn't – and uh, now, granted. I, I, I will appreciate arena. it. It's a little closer for me, but, uh, you know. But it is also the 405, which is like, I know. But the 405 changes the dynamic. You don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I know there's an express lane on the 110 coming my way. Like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't got that on the 405. So it it is a little different. It's going to be a great arena, too. It's going to be like that Chase Center type arena. So it's going to be like a a great place to go. But, you know, you got to get people driving all the way towards the airport, you know, instead of 
downtown. Oh no, it's more central. Maybe maybe they have West Side fans, and it won't be a big deal. But like, it, it you know, it's it, you got to have something for people to go watch if we're going to build this big stadium, and you got to prove that you're in it to win it every year. And so if it doesn't work out, okay, but at least you were in it to win it. And so I don't think there's as much pressure on keeping Kawhi. One, I don't really believe he's going to leave, especially now that the Lakers are sort of off the board as a destination, unless there's you know some kind of crazy trade or something. Which can you imagine the Lakers and Clippers trading? No. Oh my God! Okay. Could you imagine yeah, that? No. Oh, the world yeah. would explode. No. Just yeah. complete. Yeah, I mean they did brain. that once. Yeah. yeah, they did the remember the Ibiza Zubac thing, and I couldn't yeah. believe yep. it. I was like, what? They never do trades, and then it just really didn't work out so good for the Lakers. But yeah. like when you look at Kawhi in general, like I think it's, um, you know, I think they you got to just bet on yourselves. Like I think they're in a position where they just got to bet on this team. We signed you guys. We get, we're going to do whatever we can to win this year. We're going to do, you know, we're going to try to sell out. Because the truth is, Kawhi and Paul, like, they're not that young. They probably have, like, a three- or four-year window where they can try to compete. But, like, after those three or four years, like, you got to be on to the next, you know? So this yeah. is it. Go for it. So, Momo, on Friday, <laughs> and since we won't talk to you before then, yeah. or Clinton for that matter, on Friday it is the anniversary of Kobe's 81-point game. Um, oh, cool. I've, mm-hmm. That's the day my story is dropping where I talk to the uh, the guys who uh, spent a lot, a yeah, long like portion it. or, a, you know, a lot of their career having to guard prime Kobe Bryant. Uh, it'll be on the ESPN app and ESPN.com. Uh, so make sure you look out for it on Friday morning. Um, but what do you remember about that 81 point game? Like, do you remember like where you were watching it? Were you there? Like, what do you what do you remember? No, about that I night? wasn't there. Um I kind of just remember seeing. I wasn't there at the time because I don't think I don't think I was on the Laker beat at that point. I was like a columnist. I was like bouncing around. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was just kind of bouncing around. Like I was still doing, you know, a little bit of high school sports, some college, some backup work, some NBA. I was kind of covering the Clippers here and there. You know, I didn't really like full time do NBA until two thousand. I think the next year is when I really did a lot more. Gotcha. Right, and but so like I was I wasn't there, but I and we didn't really have Twitter. I mean, we, I, I don't even know if it was, if it worked then, but I, you know, you started to see the scores, right? Like, so I remember seeing all that and then, um, you know, I turned the game on and just watched it. Like it was, right. it was like, you know, you started to, it wasn't the same as like Twitter where you like just follow everything online. It was like, you kind of had to hear about what was going on. I, did it happen on a Friday? It was January January twenty second, so I, I'd have to look up the specific date. I have to look it uh, back. For some reason, it feels to me like it happened on a Friday, and I was at my poker game that I played once a month or something. I, I, I kind of remember that, but I, oh, I just I'm remember sorry, like that. Night. Yeah, you know, my dad used to be a teacher, and they had a poker game for like thirty five years, and nice. it was all the teachers at his school. And so, like, I, I used to play when I was like a kid. I was like seven. And I started, and then he would like invite me, and I would like, and I was just like the kid, right? Sunday, but, like, I didn't it was know a what Sunday. I was doing. It was a Sunday. Okay, so maybe I wasn't. Uh, where was I? I don't know. I definitely remember like turning on the game in the second half, right. and it was like that amazing. Was... You know, here's a little bit of trivia. I don't know if you know this. Okay, yeah. the scout who worked for the Lakers, who scouted the Raptors that night. You want to know who it is? Take a guess. Okay, Frank Vogel. Oh, you know. Yeah. You know the trivia. Look at this. Yeah. Okay, so that was yeah. that was his big connection to the Lakers. Yeah. He yeah. had just gotten fired someplace. I think I forget where he was on staff, but he had just gotten fired, kind of yeah. out of work. It was like a gap year. He was yeah. in Philly. I think their kids were young. 
and he got a job as like an advanced scout. Yeah. And he said he met Phil Jackson once. He mostly communicated through Kurt Rambis, who was Frank, you know, who was Phil's lead assistant, and also, um, uh, who else? Uh, I think Frank Hamblin and some yeah. other scouting guys. Mm-hmm. But he scouted. He had the Raptors scout. And that's great. Yeah, he was. Yeah, on the night they went for twenty for eighty-one. Now, I don't know. If the, George, the thing that I remember the yeah. most about that is 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 that and is Momo. I wonder what you think about this too. Is how much Jalen Rose still talks about yep. that game yeah, as it defines his career. You got to understand that. For me, Jalen Rose was like, dude, I played middle school basketball. We all shaved our heads and got black socks the second we saw Fab Pop. You know right. what I mean? Like to me, he's like yeah. the and I, you know getting to meet him later. Obviously, in life and as a, as a professional, yeah. was like one of the coolest things in the world. But to hear him talk about the time he got cooked, and it's still they even made a commercial about it, and it's still yeah. something that affects him so much was fascinating to me about like those run-ins people had with Kobe. Like, yeah, that was the time that Kobe changed my life. Dog blew me up on the court. Yeah. I've never been the same person since. And it's it's amazing to hear him talk about that. That night was really really wild. So it's funny in the yeah. story. Obviously, we talked to Jalen because we wanted to publish it on the anniversary of the eighty-one point game, and he had some really funny lines uh, about playing him that night. And actually, we talked to him uh, also about playing Kobe in the two thousand finals. Uh, you know, remember mm. Jalen injured Kobe in that series. He missed, uh, I believe, game three uh, in that series. And Kobe came back to win the infamous game four where Shaq fouled out in overtime. So we we had a long conversation with Jalen about those uh, particular episodes. But uh, we talked to Shane Battier, Tony Allen, who Kobe said was the greatest defender he ever faced. Um, Yeah, he loved Tony, yeah. Yeah, it was was a pretty fun deal. Um, And we're actually going to have the YouTube conversation – or the conversations that I did on Zoom will be up on ESPN's YouTube uh, over the weekend too. So if you're like a Kobe fan, not only should you read the story, but you'll actually get to see the conversations that I had with these guys. You know what I I really remember about this too, George, that year, is that Kobe was like going nuts all year. Oh, yeah, that was was a Swish Parker team. He scored 35 points a game that year. (laughs) Yeah, He just did whatever, you know? And I remember going out there all the time and it was kind of like, this is not like Phil Jackson kind of basketball. This right. is not the type, but like he didn't have any other options. <laughs> right. So he just did it, you know? And it was like, this is what it's going to be. This is code. Right. So I, I think, you know, to me, he is like, that was the ultimate Kobe, but I, I still, I'll never forget his last game. Like I know 81 is amazing. He, he had so many, I mean, the 62 against Dallas and the, you know, with three quarters, right? And there were so many games that he could have gone off and gotten close to that. But, like, the last game where he goes for 60 points, that to me is the ultimate Kobe game. Yeah. You know, 60 points on 50 shots. Yeah. You know how many, there's, I mean, how many minutes are there in a game to take 50 shots in a game? Think about <laughs> yeah, that. That's more than a shot in a minute. Right? Sure. I mean, it's more than, it's it's literally like, that is that is unbelievable in terms of just the sheer volume of shots that he put up, and the eighty-one point game, like it was pretty efficient, right? You, I mean, you did the story, right? What did, what did people tell you? Uh, yeah, I have. Hold on, I have the I have the stats here. Hold yeah. On. Uh, well, I I do. So he, I'll just give away one little piece of what Jalen said about that game because everyone always talks, right? Yeah. Like I remember that that night. Um, a lot of people were out there saying like, oh, I would have I would have hard fouled him. Yeah, Kobe shot 61% that night, 28 of 46. <laughs> yeah, good um, with that. But I, so I remember a Dang. lot of people around the league, like when I talked to guys around the league, like, hey, what, you know, how would you have handled him being so hot? 
um, you know, back in 2006. Oh, man, we would have fouled him hard, this, that, and the other. And Jalen said, you know what? We didn't foul him hard. You know why? He didn't say a word that night. Like, he didn't he didn't trash wow. talk. He didn't say anything, he said. And really? it's like, when someone is doing that and also not talking bleep in your face, it's kind of hard to be like, I'm going to take this dude out because he's not – He's just killing you. He's just cooking you. It's not about like him testing your manhood, which ends up becoming the issue yeah. in a lot of those situations, you know? Wow. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, and the truth is, like, as you're going through this kind of stuff, like, when you're in that zone, like, you don't need to talk. Right. <laughs> like, you don't need yeah. it. Like, you just go. Like, I've only had one as an athlete. I don't know if you've ever gotten in a zone like that. There was like a three week period in my sophomore year where I was yeah. just like, the ball was like a freaking beach ball. Yeah. Like I was just like balling. And I was like, what is going on here right now? Like, I mean, even in batting practice, it was just like, boom, like, shoot, I've never, I've never hit like this before. I don't know what's going on. And when you're in the zone like that, the, the best thing you can do is just relax. Just go with it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? By the way, yeah. I'm going to interrupt happen. here because yeah. we've got a, a, a league pass Whoa. alert. League pass alert. The Brooklyn Nets, with Kyrie back in the lineup for the first time, are tied at 113. Uh, there was 16 seconds to go. Cleveland turned the ball over. Oh. Kyrie was running the other way and gets called for an offensive foul off the steal. Okay. Awful call, by the way. Yeah, terrible he put his call. Hand up, he put his hand up on a basic dribble, moving from the top of the key to the right side of the lane. They call it offensive foul. Right, but Awful they call. shouldn't even be yeah. in. Like, Cleveland shouldn't be in this game, which I think is the take that most people will have. Like, they had a double-digit lead up until a couple minutes ago, and Brooklyn has fought back ferociously. Um, yeah. So oh. it's 1.5 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And the the Cavs will have the ball with 1.5 seconds left. Sexton and, deserves an Academy Award for that, by the way. I'm just just letting. Oh you know no no that. no! He formed him in the face. Okay, now that I see but the replay. like uh, you know, uh, we're, we're talking about a visual medium here. I'm just saying that was ticky tack, in my opinion. He Personal. formed. He got elbow in the face. The NBA, Momo, you you could attest this, right? The league is very sensitive about shots to the face. Yeah. It so, was for concussions, especially, yeah. It was, yeah. He was... So I, I feel like we should stay here for a second. I know DeMarco's going to join us. Greg, just slide stuff uh, because this is – I always like – Momo's always on when we're having, like, crazy endings to NBA games with us. I love um, it. So I, I want to see – oh, another review in this. Forget it, Momo. It's going to take forever. <laughs> I was going to say, it's going to take forever. <laughs> Um, so, right. any, okay. so anyway, but uh, but if, well, you if can be like, Bro after the break, we'll tell you what the review said. If, if <laughs> right. Brooklyn, if Brooklyn loses this game, the takes tomorrow are going to be hot, Ooh. scorching, and I don't have a damn show tomorrow. <sighs> I need to find you someone's know, outlet to jump on. You could just, you could just Stephen A it and and do and just do videos. a video. <laughs> yeah, you could just do selfie videos. You want to so, get that Stephen A like selfie every time you watch. He literally just holds up the phone and just like does his like take on the Cowboys or yeah, the Nets yeah. or the Knicks or whatever. Be like, How about them dude. Cowboys? <laughs> yeah. And then he just goes like, I mean, yeah. I'm, it's uh, amazing. Yeah. Momo, you're amazing. Thank you for hanging out Thank with you. us. Appreciate you got it. it. We'll talk to Great you soon. Great to see I'll go you. Make some dinner. Thanks. All right. Ciao, ciao. All right, so Bye. there's Momo. Uh, DeMarco Farr is going to join us next. We will tell you if Brooklyn lost this game or not on the other side. We should know by then. Uh, DeMarco is going to join us. We'll talk about the Rams, uh, Goff, McVay. Do they need marriage counseling? Or can they coexist? Can this all be sorted out? Plus, championship weekend, all with DeMarco in three minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I know an LZ. Clint Yates hanging out with us today. Thankful to have him aboard. Thanks to Ramona, who joined us for the last hour. If you missed any part of the show, including Ramona's hour, uh, make sure you subscribe to the Sedano and LZ podcast on Apple Podcasts, the ESPN app, Spotify, Google, wherever you find your podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, and tell a friend, too. So, DeMarco Farr, Rams on Field analyst, joins us now. Friend of the program every week at this time. Uh, DeMarco. So we had our buddy on, uh, Steve Weish of the NFL Network, and he had yeah. a quote from a source uh, that said that uh, McVeigh and Goff may need a little marriage counseling. So oh, yeah. uh, well, what are we talking about here when it comes to the output of Jared Goff and it's his relationship with his head coach? Uh, you know, those things get strained. I think the most celebrated one in recent memory is Aaron Rodgers and uh, Mike McCarthy. Right. How they kind of fell out. I mean, I remember June Jones or, or Jeff George yelling at June Jones way back in the day. Uh, Bill Parcell screaming at Phil Sims to get his ass back on the bench. Excuse my language. Uh, but quarterbacks and, and head coaches, they're different. They get coached different. Uh, they talk to each other differently. I mean, the quarterback is everything. So, yeah, sometimes those relationships get strained. But um, marriage counseling, I think that's just between the two. They're going to have to work out their own language. They're going to have to figure out what went wrong between the two of them and, and work it out. Because, look, they're both not going anywhere. I mean, can you see anybody really wanting to trade for Jared Goff right now? No. Yeah. So, I mean, he's going to be your quarterback uh, for, for next season. So they're going to have to figure it out, and it behooves Sean McVay to figure it out with his quarterback. So uh, either way, it, it, you've got to smooth out those, those rough points in that relationship to, to make that, that, that quarterback more functional for this football team. DeMarco Farr – Oh, I'm sorry, Clint. I thought you no, were no, gone no. for something. For some no, no, no. I was just saying. I was saying that like McCarthy ends up leaving the Packers, goes to another yeah. place, and he's a bum. And everybody thinks they were better off for it. I'm not saying that McVeigh's got to get jettisoned, but I think what I'm asking you is, you know, what would you see the solution being if they can't figure it out? You know. Well, it's funny. I mean, uh, when we look at Goff's numbers and his career and his picks to touchdown and that ratio and. Uh, this is what we do in the media. You guys know you're on TV and on the radio every single day. We start looking for, for heads to chop off, and we start with the head coach, and then we work our way either up or down to the GM. But me, I focus on the guy. So if you want to direct some anger for Jared Goff and how he's playing and how much he's being paid, then direct it at him. Yeah. He's the guy making the mistakes on the field. So uh, to me, I hope that Jared Goff uh, in this offseason really – does some soul searching, that man in the mirror stuff, and find out ways to make yourself better. Uh, because, you know, the, the last thing you want to do, and the last thing I hated to do as a player, I think it happened once, maybe twice. Uh, once when I was a rookie, and I, I can't take responsibility, but w- when Rich Brooks got fired because we weren't good enough, that hurt, man. We, we, we cost him his job, not the other way around. So as players and as a player, I hope you find ways to improve and really take this stuff seriously. Now, the one thing I keep hearing 
Uh, and I don't know, I haven't spoke to Jared, but uh, how, how bad does he desire to be great? You know, when they start calling that stuff into question, I mean, that's, it's man-in-the-mirror time uh, for you in the offseason. Fascinating stuff and something that obviously will continue to unfold and I'm sure we'll document plenty uh, here on these types of shows uh, for the next several months. But um, So let me ask you about the teams that are actually playing this weekend. And, you know, we've got Tampa and Green Bay, uh, Tom versus Aaron, and then you've got um, – the Chiefs obviously taking on the Buffalo Bills, the upstart Buffalo Bills. But let's stay in the NFC for a second. I am an Aaron Rodgers guy. It's not that I'm disrespecting Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's resume is the greatest we've seen. But if I look at just a guy who, like, is the perfect player for that position, like, I don't find any flaws in his individual game, to me it's Aaron Rodgers. Where are you on the differences between those two guys? Brady, uh, because, and I'm with you, with Aaron Rodgers and his ability, and he just beat the Rams. And, look, he makes me nervous every single game day when he's on the other side of the field. I mean, you're never really comfortable. But I'll take Brady because uh, what's the one knock on Aaron Rodgers? It's probably off the field stuff, right? (laughs) Um, Personality conflicts. Personality. Uh, And there's more to it than what we know. I mean, you have to be in the building to know that, but. Some of that stuff starts to leak out. I don't hear anything about Brady other than he's driven to win. It's, and dare I say, and God rest his soul, it's Kobe-like. The guy's an assassin. All he wants to do is win. So ability-wise, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a tough out on any game day. But for me, it's Tom Brady. This guy eats, sleeps, and drinks football, period, end of story. That's why he's got more Super Bowl wins than any other quarterback that ever lived. DeMarco, who is the team that has the coaching staff with the greatest advantage at this point in the NFL season? Uh, the greatest coaching staff. Mm, that's a good one. Um, you know, I'll go with Kansas City. I, I think Andy Reid is phenomenal. Um, I, I think he's great. I think he's innovative. I think a lot of these, these young guys like Sean McVay get a lot of credit for being innovative, but Andy Reid's been doing the same stuff for years. Uh, and I still think he's ahead of most defensive coordinators. Plus, they have Eric Bieniemy. That that's his right-hand man that's also helping call plays. And it's a shame that, you know, he hasn't found a job just yet. But, yeah, I think Kansas City, uh, to a man, um, top to bottom, I think that staff is, is dynamite. They're all good, and they have a great culture in Kansas City. So I'll go with them to answer your question. But uh, when you do switch to the AFC, is Patrick Mahomes going to play this week? I think so. You think so? Um, because I'm not picking Kansas City if Chad Henney is at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. let's go ahead, Clinton. I'm sorry. Did you have a no, follow-up? That was all. that was all I got. I wanted to know his thoughts about the coaching staff because I think that the enemy factor is super huge, especially if Mahomes doesn't play. We're going to get to see what this guy's really made of. What is yeah. it about the enemy, man? Maybe he interviews bad. Does he scare people when you look at him or something? I, yeah, I think, I think – it- Go ahead. I'll give you my quick take on it. I think it's – and look, I don't know him personally, but I think – DeMarco, I thought of that, right? But I also thought – you know, you know how silly. No offense to you, Demarcus. You played the sport at a really high level and won a championship. But executives <laughs> in your sport drive me up the wall sometimes. Okay, <laughs> because I could see that the the well, Andy's really the guy calling the plays, and Eric is doing the install, and you know you get that nonsense going back and forth, and I, I could see that being an issue. Okay, that's fair. Look, I, I played against the enemy in college. 
I had to block him in the pros when he was a special teams ace for the Chargers. So I know how tough he is and how scary he can be, but I'm not in the room. I'm not in the building. All I can do is, you know, take what I hear. I hear he runs the offense. I hear he does a lot more than what they let on. And look, I I think he's just as credible as anybody else getting jobs these days. So I I do wonder what's so different about him. Um, You know, maybe he just doesn't wear a suit when he goes in the interview. I don't know, but I think it's long overdue. Yeah, I mean, I think the Biennemi's deal is probably also a lot of the Biennemi knows that he doesn't need another job. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, when you walk into a situation in which you could probably wait out Reed if you for Kansas City if you wanted to, you know, he's not mm. groveling the way that certain people would need him to in order to get into a space. Not only does he install the offense, not only does he call the plays, he's the guy in Mahomes' ear. Like, I would be giving him a job yesterday if I was the Chargers. Right. I never understand how this doesn't happen, but I think that George is right. There's a certain level of, like, NFL guy who needs to be – you know, grovel to a little bit in terms of these type of situations. Why would the enemy care if somebody didn't hire him? He's doing just fine so with the best funny. quarterback in the league. I just watched this movie. It's an old movie. It's called, uh, can I say this on the radio? It's a movie. It's the best little whorehouse in Texas with Burt Reynolds. It's a movie. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's a, a movie, movie, so I can say it. Uh, but I was reading the IMDb, and Burt Reynolds said that he kind of strong-armed the director to put Charles Dernit, whatever the guy's name is, a guy in the movie because – no one knows he can sing and dance, and you'll get the credit for it. And sure enough, he did. So maybe that's the problem with the enemy. You don't get credit for Patrick Mahomes because of how special he is. So maybe you need your own jar of clay. Or, look, if you can get Chad Henney to look as good as Patrick Mahomes for one game, yeah. he should be hired on the spot. All right, pick the Super Bowl winner, uh, the Super Bowl teams. Give it to me. Oh, God. You know, Kansas City, um, regardless of who starts at quarterback, I think that team is – that culture is phenomenal. I'll take them, and I'll take Tampa Bay to beat Green Bay. Okay. I think that defense is good enough to stop the run, and they have enough good pass rushers that can disrupt what Aaron Rodgers is doing. If Aaron Donald was healthy in that game last week, that game is different. Not saying the Rams would have won, but it wouldn't have been that easy. So the first time that Green Bay bumped into a tough team, it was Tampa way back in the day that gave them their first loss. So I'll take Tom Terrific and the Buccaneers to beat Green Bay. There he is, DeMarco Farr, Rams on field analyst, friend of the program, joins us every week at 6.15 here on Wednesdays. Thank you, sir. Stay healthy and stay My safe. Guy. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Talk to you guys soon. All right, man. Thanks, See you. There's, there's DeMarco. Uh, all right, coming up next, you and I are going to yep. tackle a big, big debate that we had earlier in the show. And it's we're going to lure Greg Bergman back in. The dismisser will be, taught, will be defending his baseball team against teams that are chasing him in the division, in his own backyard. We're going to dive deep into some baseball talk next. Sedano and LZ, Clint Yates hanging out. We're back in four minutes. Time for What You Need to Know, brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. Bergman, what do you got? All right, so we've been talking a lot about the NBA analysis network and how much you love it. (laughs) So (laughs) I decided to go check it out and see what they had. And they have other trades. The one that I really thought was interesting, maybe that you guys could tell me what you think of it, is the Clippers side of it. The Clippers and the Charlotte Hornets. The Clippers side of it? Is that what you just said? 
the Clippers side. <laughs> I mean, that, it was it, it, it came like, out a little gotta, weird. Gotta, I got to be honest. You got you to nitpick every single thing that comes yes, out. Of yes, yes, that is exactly right. what I need but to do. I it, it was that. it was every funny. Every single little thing. I got to speak right in ESL class, homie. Yeah, get you need to get you some diesel. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know sometimes you get a little tongue twisted. It's all right. The Clippers and Charlotte Hornets they have having a trade where the Clippers would receive Terry Rozier and the Hornets would trade would receive Lou Williams and Avita Zubots. I'm not going to you, George Clinton. I didn't hear what you said anymore. I just heard Avita Zubots. I like that trade. I like what Charlotte's doing with um, Ball and uh, Terry. You know, sort of being the kind of one-two young guy, older guy. Oh, sorry. (laughs) <laughs> Cleveland George just tied the game in overtime George with one distracted. second to go against Brooklyn. Sorry, very sorry. Least. Back to my point. I like what's happening down there in the hive in Charlotte. Terry Rozier has become a nice package to deal with. Uh, sorry to uh, teach, if you will. Um, young the young ballster. I, I listen. I like that pairing together. I would not break them up if I was Charlotte. No. What is the trade, Greg? I didn't even hear what the hell you said. I was just laughing at you. The Clippers would receive Terry Rozier, and the Hornets would receive Lou Williams and Avica Zubats. The Clippers side of it. <laughs> Thanks, Jorge. Appreciate you. Way to have my back. Wow. Say it again, because I didn't wow. hear you, because he was telling me listen, to listen to what he was The Clippers play. side of it. So the Clippers would receive Terry Why Rozier. Why doing this? What is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> the Hornets would receive Lou Williams and Avica Zubats. Terry Rozier. Correct. And who else? That's it. Terry Rozier for That's Lou it? Williams and Avita Zubots. I mean, hell, if I'm the Clippers, I'm doing that. Lou Will doesn't look this like the same Lou Will, finally. Um, but why would the Hornets do that? That's deal? what I'm saying. I'm not doing that if I'm the Hornets. That's not what I that's not what I'm there for. That that, that adds so little. That would what, be what, us clowning Michael Jordan. Again. That doesn't that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that if I was the Hornets at all. Yeah, I, you know by what? The way, NBA analysis network, terrible analysis. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The wow. next story is about uh, Christian Pulisic, who is obviously oh, this a is great. No, you know this one. So yeah, he's he sat down with GQ Sports Magazine and found it. They talked about what are the ten things that he couldn't live without. Now I'm not going to get into all the different things that he w- couldn't live without, but one of them is his Air Force Ones, Nike Air Force Ones. What is the one thing away? Not your phone. What is the one thing you cannot do without? I, I don't know, but I'm going to tell you this: the mat. What matters about that story, Greg, are the photographs. Of Christian. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's all we need to talk about. There are multiple man spread in tank top and pants sh- uh, shots that are amazing. Okay. So if you're looking for your American soccer male heartthrob, bang, it is available to you. Those will be memes forever. So that's what I, that, that when I said I saw that, Greg, that's what I was talking about. Okay. Was the you're all about the fashion. All, all over my TL. <laughs> Okay, because at one point he's wearing like boot cut jeans, like Sedano in '97, hanging out at the mall. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it doesn't look terrible, but it's kind of like, what is happening here? What happened? You know. So that's the best part about that whole story. Forget about his shoes, George. Have you seen this? Yes, uh, Colin Sexton hit a big three. They're now going into <laughs> double overtime in Cleveland against the oh Nets God. with Kyrie back. I just want. I'm rooting for the takes. Clearly. Come on, Cleveland. Clearly, yeah. It's one game. Yeah, you know. I'm, I'm rooting for the takes. We need content. 
We didn't. We need content. Um, I I just tweeted. I audibly yelled when Sexton hit that shot. I forgot to. I neglected to mention I was also on the air when that happened. But uh, but my wife did tweet and said she didn't hear me. So there's there's no, that. Uh, I am in a different part of the house though. Did we um, get an update on what's happening for Christmas? Since we're asking about what's happening I mean, Christmas dinner. Since what's happening? Oh, I did. I did. Oh, so apparently she. Uh, there was a deal at the uh, local grocery store on uh, lobster tails. Oh. Um, so we do a little lobster tails and crab cakes. Crab cakes. How about that? Orale. Wow. Is there anywhere – this is a total distraction, but since we're on it, I need to know. Is there anywhere where I can get a decent crab legs, like a bushel of crabs out here? Is that not even possible? Is that I not, don't know. Not I've never tried. I, I, you know what? I, I'll ask Mrs. Sedano, who is a Please native. Please do. I need she, to know. You know. She is a native, uh, born in Northridge. Uh, you know, okay. could probably help you out here a little bit, but okay. uh, I, I am I am not a native, clearly. Although I, I after five years, I feel like I know a lot. Crab legs is not my thing, though. That's not my jam. So maybe someone in the audience could call in real quick at eight seven 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 ten ESPN eight seven 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 ten three seven seven six and help you out because uh, okay, you know, I'll have to wait to the break to get to her. But um, nonetheless, Greg, what is the thing I could do without or I can't do without that's not my phone? Right. Um. That's a great question. Uh, I would say it would be suits. I love suits. I am a suit person. I don't. It's weird because I'm not a suit person because I like to be in my, you know, like right now. I'm literally your turtlenecks. No, not turtlenecks necessarily. <laughs> the turtleneck is a gimmick. Um, the turtleneck is just a gimmick. But the, uh, it was it's a, a late blow in the late rounds. Sedano's <laughs> on the ropes. What's gonna happen? The that turtleneck was, was was a gimmick, and it worked clearly. By the way, um, so there's that. Um, you know, it, Steve, Craig Sager had went with fancy, crazy suits. I went with a turtleneck, and uh, you know, rest in peace, Craig. Uh, but suits, um, I don't like to wear suits very often, but I am very particular about suits. Like I, 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 I feel the need, uh, especially when I'm you know non-COVID, right? When I'm doing more games, um, to Always kind of re-up the suit game. I want to make sure that they're it's tight and it's strong. I don't wear suits, FYI. Yeah, Wedding well, I know. I've done around the horn with you, and uh, you, you, you go casual. Yeah, that's it. Baby. Yeah. I like it, though. That's you. Hey, I'm doing my it, best. It, by the way, the casual doesn't look casual. It looks like tight. Because I'm a classy individual. I know how exactly. to get it done. I got right. a nice sweater on right now, as a matter yeah. of fact. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, are you ready to fight with Bergman about the Dodgers and Padres? Yes. Always. All right, we'll do that. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Uh, we did What You Need to Know way later because we had Momo on and then DeMarco, so we had to move some things around. But the Dodgers are going after Trevor Bauer. And Clinton's not a fan. Curious to see if you guys are. Also, if you know Crab Leg Spot for Clinton, hit us up, 877-710-ESPN. Uh, and Greg will have to come to grips with the Padres are chasing the Dodgers and have a realistic chance to chase the Dodgers because of what they've added this offseason. And Dodger fans, even Dodger fans who have called us, have felt that way. Yet Bergman, as stubborn as he is, we know he loves to be stubborn about his teams, uh, will argue, debate, go at it, mano a mano with the great Clinton Yates. Oh, yeah! 
There we go. I'm gonna show you one few things. You this gotta look tight goes, when though. you're on TV. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You know what I mean? song kind of goes. Not going to lie. I've danced to it many, many, many a time to this song at like weddings and funerals when I was Oh, it's a great wedding song. Not funerals, but weddings. Sorry. Great wedding song. For sure. Great wedding song. No question. By the way, we are a minute and 40 seconds away from the takes being scorching on the Brooklyn Nets. Enough. They are down eight with 90 seconds to go here in overtime. Who do you think make that, the hot- make that down 11 with a minute and 30 seconds to go? Come on, Cavs. I have never been a Cavs fan in my life. I but this say. is I am all in on Brooklyn losing because, oh, my God. Kyrie just missed a shot. Oh, it's going to be so Who do you think is going to have the hottest take oh, across Stephen this a. network? Stephen A is going to be on fire tomorrow. I am gonna. I'm gonna set an alarm to watch first take tomorrow. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be early so out here too. If you're doing it live, and if you are a Laker fan, you got to be loving every second of that. Oh boy, they just hit another three. It is a 14 point game with a minute to go. Cleveland is gonna have the biggest upset on the board tonight. The Nets for the ten- record, George said when this game went to overtime. The Cavs have no chance in overtime. Well, they, I did so because th- I figured so oh, clear. Yeah, Right, because I'm like, oh, these guys are going to take them out. And they have been fantastic. Um, good Lord, the takes are going to be so hot. So hot. All right, Laker fan, the Nets, I know you love the Nets losing. You better start loving it now because uh, I still think they're going to be there in the end. But at least the ride will be more fun this way. Uh, all right. Padres, Dodgers, Trevor Bauer. Let's start there. I'm in on Trevor Bauer because I am all about, much like my Nets pick to win the East, uh, give me the most talent. We'll figure it out. And the ride may be bumpy, but I think in the end, um, the means justify the end, right? Like, that's just kind of my position on it. You, though, Clinton, think that the clubhouse harmony could have a problem there. I do, but hold on. We have breaking news. Can we hit the sounder? Can we hit the sounder, please? News from at Smitty SBJ Sports Journal. The Pac-12 agrees to part ways with Commissioner Larry Scott. Whoa. Common CEOs just finished meeting tonight. National search for a new commissioner will begin immediately. I'm ready if they want. Your thoughts. I mean, I'm here if they want. Oh, oh, you're available. Are you sure you can watch double overtime Cavaliers games and yelling at the city about it? have time for that? I'm messing with you. What do you think about this, though? Because Larry Scott's been a guy that I have felt like has not moved this conference forward at all. Well, the only thing he's done that's good is make them a lot of money on their television deals. But outside of that, um, but here's the thing. Um, that is not enough, right? Because he hasn't pushed to get the conference in positions to win championships, right? And that's really what we're judging everything by. This is a very binary discussion. Money matters, yes, but the hierarchy of where these conferences are, to your point earlier, matters more, especially to donors, boosters, alumni, et cetera, et cetera. The prestige of it means a lot more than how much you're putting in the coffers. You know what I mean? I I would agree, but I think the television contract thing is big because, like, is their television deal really that great? I mean, like... 
Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think that the Pac-12 has the national imprint in 2021 that it should. I really don't. There was that whole weird story about like the journalism thing that was very oddball with the LA Times. That was a whole other discussion. But like, Greg, I mean, in your opinion, would you consider the Pac-12 through any reason other than name notoriety like a power conference in it's, any real major sport? It's not anymore, and it's a lot of it is because of the TV deal, and that you cannot watch the Pac-12 network on anything except for Spectrum. You cannot. It's not on Direct TV. It's you. Teams, uh, people on the East Coast do not see it. You don't see these games. It's a problem, and a lot of it is because of Larry Scott and the issues that he's had with this whole TV deal. I am very, very happy that he is no longer the commissioner because he has done nothing for this conference. Well, I, I will say up. this. The Pac-12 network is a disaster. I, I will give you that. But they did get a $3 billion deal between Fox and ESPN uh, to put to split their games. And, and so I think that the national television package part of it is what I was referring to is great. Um, okay. But yeah. nonetheless, the Pac-12 network is a mess. Um, by the way, what you, you want to talk about, and we, I think we talked about this, you and I, Greg, when I was doing middays you know, months and months ago or whatever. Um, ESPN, the, the story came out that ESPN offered to take on the Pac-12 network, right? In addition to, you know, and they can split the revenue or whatever. And Larry Scott turned them down, which I thought was a huge um, mistake because we've seen the success of the SEC network and Massive now the ACC mistake. network and yeah. ESPN clearly knows how to do this stuff. Um, and by the way, so does Fox. The Big Ten network does a nice job too. But they wanted to do it on their own and that was short-sighted too. It was more than short-sighted. It was idiotic, if you're asking me, because it just did. It did make sense at the time, and I didn't think it made sense what the plan was either. Like, what was what was the value there of doing it? Like, I, I'm never I'm never going to understand it. And I I agree with Greg 100. It was it was the fundamental mistake that did not allow for the rest of the conference to grow the way that it needed to. And I think that he's paying the price for that right now. Yeah. Um. So he's out. And not not a not a huge surprise. He was also Greg. Correct me if I'm wrong. He was the highest paid commissioner too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. It's it's just insane what they gave him. Too much. He was like four or five million, right, a year or something crazy like that. Yeah, I'll look it up to get the exact number, but it was too much for what he was is worth. It was I mean, a terrible listen, job. I, all the I way do around. it for half. Yo, yo, I get half of that. You know what I'm saying? That's hey, Pac-12, you listening? All right, yo, hold on. We got, we got, we got, we got, we got crab leg suggestions. We do? I need to know. Yes. Who do we got? All right. John in Huntington Beach. You're on ESPN 710. Tell me where I can get some crab legs, bro. Hey, what up? First of all, as a Lakers fan, let's go Cavs! Yeah! <laughs> hey, all right, so crab legs. You want to go to Sunset Beach in California. You want to go to Captain Jack's. Captain Jack's. I'm writing this down with my pen and pad, literally. Captain Jackson, Sunset Beach. Shall I tell him that John sent me? Oh, tell him. Yeah, man. I mean, come on. You're going to get some nice steak and a big old plate of crab legs bigger than your leg. Okay. All right. Like Thank it. you for the phone call. Let's go to uh, let's go to D in L.A. who's got a crab leg. D, situation. before you get on, though, quickly, this is not just about going to a restaurant and sitting down. This is about where can I get like a bushel if I have to, if that's even possible. What you got? I would say the ocean. <laughs> oh my God! See, this is this is this is useless, <laughs> useless endeavor, George. What did he say? The ocean. Thanks, bro. <laughs> my God. I mean, he ain't wrong. You know, there's that. Thank you, D. Um, I, Clinton, I may have got a, I may have a place for you. A suggestion from Mrs. Sedato. I'll tell you off. Okay, actually, appreciate you know. that. I need um, this. This is important. Now, um, 
Go ahead and fight with Greg about the Padres. Let's be real here. This I don't need to fight with Greg about the Padres. Greg is in denial about the fact that the Padres have had the best offseason of any team in Major League Baseball. And when it's convenient for his argument, he likes to say, oh, well, they haven't done anything yet. Well, nobody's saying they've done anything yet. What we're saying is that maybe, just maybe, if a guy who is a not-so-great everyday player for the Brewers and ruined them a series ends up getting under Dave Roberts' skin last year simply for pipping a home run, then maybe they're a little closer in the rearview mirror than y'all want to admit. Okay, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully aware of that? their offseason. I'm fully aware of their offseason, and I actually think that they did have the best offseason out of every team in the Major League Baseball. I'm not in denial about anything. <laughs> the whole deal is that when we talked about this off the air, about you started saying, like, oh, well, you just don't realize that the rest, the rest of the country doesn't like the Dodgers. and they, oh, they I didn't say that. The, I said the they like the Padres the most fun better. Team. Yeah, they are. The Padres. Well, yeah, they like the Padres better. That's the whole thing. That's that's what all of it is. Is that all these everywhere else around? You're the saying the Padres the Dodgers, are all marketing. The Lakers, Greg. You're saying the Padres are just marketing slam cities. Just no. It's people don't like. It's 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 like the Yankees, right? Everywhere else, people hate the Yankees unless you're from New York and you're a Yankee fan. Otherwise, you hate them. It's the same yeah, thing with but, the Dodgers. But, but same thing admit. with the Lakers. But no, I don't think people hate the Dodgers. Like I, I don't that. think people. Hate I think the they Dodgers hate the either. Lakers yeah. like that. I don't think anybody right. do hates hate the, Lakers. the Dodgers like that. Nobody's worried about uh, They're looking for anything that is not L.A. to be t- taking the spotlight away. Look, like, oh, I, I, oh, 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 here comes the Padres. Yeah, but I no, no, but here's the difference. Like, if you're talking about the Lakers, like, I'm with you 100%. They're, literally, the Beat L.A. chant started because of the Lakers, okay? So, I, I don't think the Dodgers have, no offense, have done enough winning to deserve that hate. You know what I mean? Like, like that's just the reality of it. The Dodgers are great, and they are the champs to the throne, and they have the deepest roster, but the Padres made it and it had such an infusion here this offseason that and in baseball you can make that you can flip that switch quickly and make that change quickly to being a contender very fast. And I think the Padres have put themselves in that conversation. That's not that's not unfair to say. No, it's not unfair to say, and they are. I was just my whole point is that you saying like, oh, the Dodgers are looking behind them, like, oh, they're scared of the Padres. No. Not yet. About scared, like scared is right. They're not. We're not scared. That's the whole. That's my whole. Whoa, whoa, Clinton! I'm just saying, Slam Diego, baby. See, Uh, look, see, this is this is the problem. This is where it goes. I'm totally trolling. I'm totally (laughs) trolling. I just like their uniforms and they're a fun team. I think that they have a pretty good shot to win the West, but that's about it. Bang! These two. Have you seen this video, Clinton? Go look at this video. Of course I've seen it's, this video. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Kidding me? <laughs> I love it. It's such a terrible song. It's so bad. But no, this actual good. song is great. This yes, version of saying. it is terrible. This is I not, not great, but we like yes. it. Uh, all right, so Scott Kaplan's in tonight. We'll do some crosstalk with him. Uh, stick around. Sedano and LZ. Clint Yates hanging out today. What up? Time for crosstalk with Scott Kaplan. You're listening to KSPN Los Angeles. Uh, Clinton, the great crab leg caper continues. (laughs) Okay, so for all of you all who don't really understand what's going on here, back where I'm from, at home, you don't just buy, like, I was not looking for somebody where I could go order crab legs and have them bring me a thing. Yeah, no, that's not what we're talking about. Back home, what you do is you go to the place or you go to, like, the wharf or whatever, and you say, I want either a bushel or like a half bushel or a couple bushels. A couple bushels is a lot. That's a lot of crabs for a lot of people. You get either the males or the females, the uh, the crabs, which are the bigger ones or the smaller ones, and just take them home. 
You know what I'm saying? And you 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 just eat them. You know, you crack them open. You do all the different things. So that's what I'm looking for is a bushel situation, not a scenario <laughs> where I can go buy a steak and some crab legs. I mean, come on, I can do that anywhere in America or wherever. But yes, bushel alert is what we're on. Scott, do you have any suggestions? All right. So first of all, good evening to you, gentlemen. Hello. Um, do you need a bougie sort of place? Like no, 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 need- no. I'm taking them away. You okay. know what I'm saying? I'm picking them up. And right, I'm making them, them at home. I'm, I'm taking them home. I'm putting a newspaper out. I'm getting my mallets and my Old Bay moving. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we're doing. And okay. My, 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 my pilsners. Yes. Okay. Well, let me let me throw this at you. Would mm-hmm. you like them to be delivered? Oh, yes. I would actually prefer that. Okay. All right. So what I'm hearing is this. It doesn't have to be fancy. Okay? No. You don't want to go sit down somewhere. Where are you going to go anyway? Right. And, and lastly, you'd rather have them delivered. I would take a delivery if it had to. I wouldn't mind going to find some place, though, because I don't know enough stuff. So. Okay, I just want to say this. I'm not a crab connoisseur. Do like mm-hmm. them. Don't buy them. Don't prepare them. But I have one really good friend of mine who, by the way, is really happy tonight because his Sixers just came up with a big win. George, by the way, I'm with you. I loved Cleveland beating Brooklyn tonight. I loved it. We are not going to get away from this game. <laughs> but I got to say, this friend of mine who is a crab connoisseur, Clinton, he orders them, and they're delivered from Costco. Oh. And, brother, they are bomb AF. Okay. Costco makes sense. That's okay. fair. That's completely – listen, Costco is a quality establishment. It is. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. There's no step down. I just did not know that. That is good to know. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I, I get a little uh, – I, 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 we did uh, one Taco Tuesday. Scott and I were doing crosstalk. And Mrs. Sedano did a little lobster taco on Taco Tuesday. And it was from Costco. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This is great news. Excellent. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And and listen, now, if you're like the kind of person that likes to go to Costco and pick it all out, um, I have recently noticed that if you go in the evening of a weekday, it is freaking empty, man. It is like a pleasure. There is no battle for anything in the frozen section. You know what I'm saying? Right. I get you. The problem with me is Costco is that people are a little, like, unlike the grocery store, I feel that the decorum is a little lower. Like, people get a little too close to you at Costco. (laughs) I'm like, back up, dog. I will scream at you in this warehouse. Whereas in this grocery store, I will be a little bit more polite. You know what I'm saying? Because this is a smaller edifice. But in this big old room with these big old ceilings, I will let the voice fly. People get a little too close to me. I don't have to do it a couple times. But that's a good suggestion. I will check that out. Thank you, Mr. Calvin. Appreciate it. Yeah, you got it, dude. I'm telling you, you either get them there or they deliver them to you. It's it's great. Perfect. Nice, man. You prepare crabs by yourself, like in, in your own house. No, like, you don't always prepare them. They either cook them or you just boil them. I mean, it's not that much. There's yeah. not much to do. You right. know what I'm saying? That's why yeah. they're so fun. You put them in there. They're still, you know, grabbing and clawing. They're blue. Pop them in. They come out. the red. Bang. Eat them. Let's go. Done. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, George, you ever cooked a live lobster in your home? I have not. Uh, I have not done that. We, uh, we, we cook our – we get our – we get like lobster tails or lobster meat or whatever, but it's already uh, been, uh, you know, taken care of. It's kind of weird. It's kind of, you know, like the lobster's alive, you know? Yeah. And then you just yeah. take them and you drop Same them in this deal. boiling water. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel terrible. I would I feel terrible doing that. I know. Just not, not me, you know, yeah. not, not my style. Like, listen, my grandma, who grew up obviously in a third world country in Cuba, um, if you got her around a chicken. Oh, forget it. It'd be like she'd snap the neck and let's go. It's time to make, you know, it's time to eat some chicken. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll get, I'll cook it up for you. Yeah. <laughs> my grandmother, same way, old, old, old school. And um, I remember one time my grandfather did. He brought home a chicken that somebody had given to him that they chopped off the head. 
I was like, what the hell? And my grandmother took it in a plastic bag. She took the chicken out. She started pulling the feathers off of it. Yeah. yeah. And she, I was like, Grandma, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, I grew up doing this. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> no way, real? man. Whoa. Right. Yeah. Wow. So, Scott, let me ask you this. We were talking about this earlier. And look, you know Philip Rivers really well. You covered him for a very long time. Um, I don't want to ask you the Hall of Fame question yet. But I want to ask you this, a question that, uh, that Clinton and I were talking about. There are three options here. Which do you think was the tougher pursuit? Being a quarterback for 18 years, having to parent nine children, or having to commute the way he did that one year in L.A. from San <laughs> My Diego? My vote. Yeah, yeah, that was rough. He was, not, he was not leaving San Diego. It was kind of an interesting thing. You know, he, he really never put himself out there to try and help keep the Chargers in San Diego. But when the, when the Chargers moved, he was not going with them. It was, he was just not leaving. And he had a big, fat house, and it was really only about an hour and change to go from where he lived up to the facility. And so he got one of these conversion vans. I'm sure you guys know the story. And he, he watched film, and he you know, took calls or whatever it is that he was doing. He used that time. And it really upset the Chargers front office because he was never up there. He wasn't available. You know, they couldn't parade him around and show him off at all. I mean, it was just to work and then back home. The quarterback thing, you know, he was a really exceptional talent. I mean, he had a lot of Brett Favre's kind of gutsiness, and he had a lot of Peyton Manning's uh, brainy sort of vision of the field, um, although he never quite succeeded like those guys. But, man, being at home with nine kids – Guys, I got four kids. And look, you might have a 10,000-square-foot home. You might have full-time help. You may be able to fly on private jets. But that was not Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers flew on Southwest. Philip Rivers, um, he never had any help. Like, there, there was no full-time live-in nanny or staff or cleaning people. It was him and his wife and the kids. And, man, he, a lot of kids, man, nine kids. Wow. Gosh, nine kids. You got to do lot. it a lot to have nine kids. Yeah. Yeah. And by the <laughs> way, like, so I was telling Clinton um, when they lost the playoff game, the Colts, uh, we were watching SportsCenter. My wife was there and that was her thing. She was like, man, he's, they had nine children. And I'm like, yeah, we have two. And it's a lot. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. it's hard. Uh, you, you have what, four, Scott? Yeah, four, yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. You yeah. know, like, I can't think of nine. Like, could you imagine having more than double the children that you had? Oh like, that's God. crazy to me. Right. Like, like, seriously, like, I tell that to people all the time, too. I'm like, what? You have two kids? I'm like, you guys done? Like, ah, we're not really sure. We're kind of thinking about it. I'm like, don't. Don't do it. I'm like, you, yeah. my man, you go get a vasectomy now, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You make make sure that this does not happen to you, okay? I had two kids, and I was like, I'm well, first of all, I had one kid, and I was like, I'm good. And then I had my second kid, and I was like, now I'm really good. And then the third kid, I was like, okay, I'm done, and I scheduled an appointment for a vasectomy. And I, I, I went in, and I got scheduled, and then I, I called to, like, you know, make sure everything was cool. And the woman said to me, she goes, hey, are you the guy on the radio? And I was like, oh, my God, that makes me feel so like you're in my business. So I canceled the appointment. I can't. <laughs> And I swear to you, I canceled the appointment, and I hadn't done it in months, okay? Yeah. you got three little kids. You're changing diapers. You don't yeah. do it anymore. Yeah. And then the one time I did it, the one Boom. time. number turned four. In, turned into this kid guy. number four. Sure yeah. shot over here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's funny. I know. I know. I got a percentage like Steph Curry's three-point range. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this show, I love it. This has been all over the place. Crab legs, sectomies. <laughs> 
Kyrie, we got a lot going on. Oh, my God. Okay, so, yeah, George, it, I didn't get to see this game. I was yeah. hearing you screaming. Yeah. First, I got to ask you a question. Yeah. Where are you watching the game? Is it like on the NBA package or something? Yeah, on, I'm league, on pass. league Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So You don't spring for League Pass with the four I'm, kids? Yeah, not I, I know. I can't believe it. I'm like, where is he watching this game? Because I was watching on ESPN. I was watching Boston, Philly. Now I got the Clippers in Sacramento coming on. And I was like, "Oh man, where's he seeing this game?" You, you could spring for you could spring 199 for the season. Let's I think go. League Pass is also the best value for all of those. Oh my like, god, yeah, like direct ticket for the NFL. You don't need that with Red Zone. No, no. Um, center Ice with the NHL. It's only 100 bucks, but like, okay. I, I know you guys aren't watching that much hockey. No, you know what no. I'm saying. And MLB TV and <laughs> there's MLB so much baseball on extra on national there's, television there's anyway. So much like, baseball on. League you don't Pass need is it. Totally worth it. Totally. League Pass is worth it, Scott, because here's the thing. If you follow the right people on Twitter from like people like fans or media people who cover these other teams, you'll know what the hottest game is if you're just on Twitter every once in a while. Like as games are winding down, you don't even need to I mean, obviously you can just go to the ESPN app and check what's getting hot and getting close. But man, like it becomes an experience because all of a sudden you'll see that. You'll see the Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Brooklyn Nets, the vaunted Brooklyn Nets right now. <laughs> Let me tell you, um, I, I didn't get to see it, but I'm just looking at the box score, and I see that Durant had 38. Okay, so my next thought is, what did Harden do? Because they had been playing so well together. I look down, I see Harden has 21, and then I see Kyrie has 37. So Harden came on late in the game, and what happened was this got tight late, and there were a couple of dicey calls that I thought, you know, put Cleveland in a better position to win than they probably should have been. Personally, little home, there was a little home cooking. There was a little home cooking that probably took away, I would say, one or two clean looks potentially yeah. from the Nets that would have won this in regulation. It didn't happen. So that's but, why we but, got to where we got. But by the way, the interesting part about all of this is because Kyrie, Harden, and KD want to be so hipster. It's like the Nets are the Clippers, basically. You know what I'm saying? If the, the only thing that's, that's the difference in New York is that the Knicks stink, and they've stunk for 20 years. But like they're, they, they don't have like a fan base. You know what I mean? Like, like It's very similar in this. Like The fan base is so small that you could really like clown the Nets right now on social media, and you'll have like four people clap back at you. Whereas that <laughs> happened with any other franchise, like, uh, unless there, maybe I guess KD stands or Harden stands or Kyrie stands go clap at you. But, but there, there's not like a lot of Nets fans, you know? Like, it's just Ian Eagle, you know, and so Noah so Eagle. So you're piling, uh, you know, so you're piling on. That's the Eagle that. family and Ryan Rucco, my guy Ryan Rucco. You know what I mean? Like that. that's pretty much the deal. Nobody's <laughs> clapping back at you. So it actually is like you, everyone's just piling on tonight. And I, I'm telling you, I am setting an alarm tomorrow for 7 o'clock. I need to see Stephen A. and Max. I need to see who else is on the show. I need to see how long they dedicate to this. Like I feel like the whole A block is just going to be Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, yeah. And listen, I, I think it's really awesome because – I couldn't wait to see Kyrie come back and have something like this happen. Because, again, you, you look at him. Like, did you see his press conference the other day where he's got his head down on the table and his arms down? He's not, like, sitting up. He's not, he's not like, paying. It doesn't seem like he's really into it at all. He just, just this whole, um, this, this, like, he's so um, wannabe eccentric that I've grown to dislike him so much. He just doesn't like the media. That's it. I don't think we have to take it much farther than that. He's not a, he's not into us. And, you know, like, I, I get what you're saying, though, Scott. Like, he, to some people, he comes across as aloof. To me, he comes across as disinterested, which I think, personally, if somebody's disinterested in me, that's because I'm not doing enough. That's just my personal stance. But, like, 
What I'm concerned about is whether or not he's going to be able to play the basketball that he wants to play. And that's where George's point comes in here, is that when you add up what he's putting out in terms of what people think about him with losses to Cleveland, you know what I'm saying? It's really easy to look at him and be like, what are you even doing? But I think that there's something, I don't think there's much more than him just not being a big fan of the media. You know what yeah. I mean? For, for, for a lot of different reasons that are personal and whether or not they're reasonable or not is different. But like, I, I get that, man. There's a lot of guys throughout the years that have been like that, but they weren't as good as Kyrie, you know? So it just doesn't come across the same way. But let me ask you this, guy. Do you think this team is going to make the finals? The I Nets? still think they make it there, yes. The, yeah. The Nets? Yeah. No. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, no, no, no. I'm no. betting Mason some granddaddy purple OG on it. So there you go. Oh, really? Really? <laughs> 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 right. How much? That escalated in front of my face, too, Scott. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize that's where we were going oh, with that. Oh, I, I didn't know that. It's legal I, I actually, here. It's California. Hey, man, it's one of my favorite do. things about this radio station, I swear to you, is how much Mason and LZ talk about <laughs> weed. It cracks me up, you know, just it's, no shame whatsoever, you know, and I listen to that show Saturday strains like the weekend show, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying, where they just talk about what they should do that. That actually would be hilarious. I'd listen to that for sure. Yeah. Uh, Cap, what do you got on the show tonight? Coming up tonight, George, I'm glad you asked, my friend. Thank you. Uh, Dave McMenamin is going to be here. We'll talk about the Lakers. We'll talk some NBA. We'll definitely get some reaction to this Cleveland victory tonight. Um, I'm also tonight trying out something new called my Rams Roundtable. So I'm going to put together Lindsay Theory, who everybody knows on the station, yeah. okay? And I'm going to put her together with Eric Williams from Sports Illustrated. I'm going to pose a bunch of Rams-related questions to both of them. So a little Rams Roundtable. By the way, if I could add a third line to get a third guest on the air at the same time, I'd have three, just so you know. Right. Mm. But I only got two lines. That's all. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, also, a little bit later on, you, are you guys – following it all like i'm following because my kids are about this age but are you guys following this uh this battle that's going on between high school football coaches and the governor because the high school football yes. coaches have all band together and they want yeah. high school football back on the field so i'm going to dive deep into that with the head football coach from bosco which is like you know one of the best high yeah. school yeah. football programs Big in the time. country yeah awesome We'll yeah. be looking forward to it, brother. Good to talk to you. Good to hear your voice. Well, hey, listen, I want to say one thing to you, and it's good to hear your voice, but listen to me. Mm. Don't listen to the show tonight, okay? Just don't listen. Why? Just don't, don't even listen. Here's what I want you to do. Okay. I want you to watch the show, okay? Oh, that's oh, right. I, I can watch right. it on, on ESPN LA's account, right? On the Twitter you, account? You can watch on the Twitter account. You can be really cool and millennial, and you can watch on Twitch. I'm a Twitch guy. Oh, I'm talking okay. my language. I got now. Twitch. Okay. Yeah. okay, you can watch on Facebook, old school. Yeah. Okay, and and where I'm really trying to direct people is the ESPN LA YouTube page. Oh, let's do that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Because right. the YouTube page is great because there's a live chat going on at the same time. Right. Fair enough. I'm in. Okay. okay. Nice. Okay. I like you. And thank you for the crab legs. Dude, um, please, please do that. And, and I'm hitting Costco tomorrow. It it's a lock. Okay. It's a lock. I will keep you informed. All right. All right, man. Have a great show. Back to you. See you. Clinton, thank you so much, sir. Excellent work as always. No problem, gentlemen. Appreciate it. And see you all soon. Uh, Briones, gracias. Greg, great job. Uh, we will talk to you on Friday. Lakers in our place tomorrow. Lakers and Bucks here on the home of your world champion Lakers, 710 ESPN. Scott Kaplan's up next. Have a great night.